We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Yo, what's good, Knicks Nation? Alja Terrace here, a.k.a. the Tratocaster, back with the check-in. We're doing another Game of the Week matchup this week. It's the New York Knicks at the Brooklyn Nets. And with me is none other than Matt Brooks. You can go find his work over at Nets Daily. You can go find him covering the Nets over at the, the Clear Out podcast, also part of the Blue Wire Network. And you can also find some of his other NBA content over Basketball News. Matt. What's going on, man? How are you feeling today? Good. Very good. Uh, stoked for this game. We got coming up Wednesday. According to today, I guess it's Tuesday. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, it's, it's been nice to just kind of, like, talk a little bit of basketball because Lord knows there's been a lot of that this year on this side of things. Hey, man, you know, we were talking about before stage, uh, covering the Nets is a little difficult right now. I feel you, man. Being a Knicks fan for, for, for so long, we always know about the New York Knicks being – you know, on the tabloids, some some sort of controversy. As a Knicks fan, it's nice to see that it's on the other side of the bridge now. So thank you for your for your service covering this team and for taking the drama away from Madison Square Garden over to the Barclays Center. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. it. I uh I wish I had known that when I was when I started doing this. I was covering like the D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris. Spencer oh, that was Dinwiddie, fun times. Jared Allen. I had no idea what was gonna happen. So I, you know, here, here I, here I am as the, uh, the worthy sacrifice, I guess, through all these years. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Here we are indeed. And, you know, we got a matchup as I, as I noted, the, uh, tomorrow, cause we're recording right now, Tuesday at 1:56 PM, November 8th. Well, let me ask you a few questions about this team going before we get into that matchup and breaking, breaking it down a little bit. 
What are your thoughts about this team so far, man? How you, how you feel? You all right? You doing okay over there in Brooklyn? Everything okay? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I almost sighed. I almost did it again. Uh, yeah, there it is. The sigh of just defeat. Um, look, I think we all know it's been quite the year over here. Um, feels like we're in game 40. We're in game 12. <laughs> so it's the typical Nets experience during the Kyrie KD era. Uh, no, man. I mean, it's it's weird. I I kind of feel like it, it's it's sort of like deja vu to last year where Kyrie Irving is absent. Not sure if he's going to be coming back anytime soon. Last year was for vaccine issues. This year, obviously, the whole the documentary that he posted on his social media channels. It it's we'll see. I don't even know if he's going to be a part of the team going forward. And what that means is that Kevin Durant is just sort of leading the pack by himself with a bunch of young players, Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, um, you know, and and they're just kind of figuring it out. And they've actually looked pretty good the last three games. Granted, two of those games are against Washington and Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte just being a, a disaster this year. Like, so um, you can take what you want from that. But they, they, played, uh, they played Dallas yesterday on Monday um, and looked pretty good the whole time. So I, I do think there's a little bit of a sense of identity for the Nets right now, which is impressive given so many things have happened so far. And I think because of that, I, I do expect this to be a pretty fun matchup. I actually think these two teams are potentially pretty fairly evenly matched. We'll see. I mean, Durant's playing out of his mind, but I do think we're, we're in for a pretty good show. For sure. Absolutely. But, you know, it's been interesting what the Nets have gone through. You talked about Kyrie Irving, which throws the Nets all in disarray because you're losing one of your two stars. Uh, for we don't know how long as of right now, but they also had Steve Nash. He was fired. Mm. Um, you know, that's also a big change. So you got Vaughn back there coaching the Nets again. Uh, I remember him coaching the Nets in the bubble as well. What are your thoughts on Nash being fired, man? Like, do you think he was a scapegoat in this situation? Do you think he was appropriately fired? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think they should have done it in the summer uh, if, if you're going to plan to do it. And I do kind of wonder, like, when the Ime thing, when it happened in Boston and he got suspended for a year, I wonder if that had an effect on them saying, well, let's just keep Nash around or let's, I mean, that's not correct, but let's at least keep him for the first couple games as we sort of feel this out. Um, and I do wonder if that affected the timing of all this. Because if you look at it on, on paper, it looks crazy. Like mm-hmm. to get swept by the Celtics and you have Kyrie and KD, uh, and you have this head coach that it's been pretty up and down, especially the second year. The first year is kind of whatever. It's he's a rookie head coach. Second year, they go on this huge losing streak in January with once like KD gets hurt, and it's like everybody's looking around like, all right, like you, I get that you're losing Durant, but to lose whatever it was, 11, 12 games in a row, like that should be a red flag to just about anybody. Um, and then they get swept in the playoffs. You'd think, all right, there's a championship team. This is not a great look. Wonder if they're going to make the the move. They didn't do it, and then they made it within what seven games. It, it just yeah. I think the timeline kind of looks odd. But I will say they're playing hard under Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn just like he's a you know you listen to his and again pressers kind of mean nothing <laughs> at the end of the day. But he you know he knows his hoops. He talks a lot about you know certain details, uh, whatever whether it's gapping or the, how attentive their low men were, like terms that you just didn't hear from Nash as much. And I think that 
he, he, so far, I mean, it's a very limited sample, two very different groups, but young guys seem to play really hard for him. Uh, we saw that in the bubble, and mm-hmm. we're seeing that right now. And I think that that stuff does matter for wherever the Nets go. Because, by the way, there's no guarantee that this team as it stands is going to be the team that we see at the end of the year in Brooklyn Nets jerseys. Because I, I just don't know. There's a lot of moving pieces right now. And let's be honest, it doesn't seem like the Nets are a championship contender <laughs> right now. Um, so if you know that and you have Kevin Durant playing at this level, you can kind of put two and two together and say, hey, maybe maybe they see what they can get back for KD. But in the meantime, I actually do think Vaughn has been really good for this group. You just want, I mean, you just want a guy that are going to get players to play hard, which has just not been the case for the last two years. No, I get you, man. And, you know, that's kind of like what the Knicks had at struggles last season where you had certain players, especially most of our youth playing up to that challenge, right? They were playing tough every single night. And then, you know, for Julius Randle, our guy who was second, you know, second All-NBA, got was an all-star, uh, was getting MVP chance, you know, he regressed last season. He's playing all right right now. You know, he's had he's been playing better, playing in the team environment as of right now. Uh, still has some inefficiencies. Uh, we saw like last week, but last night shot very well against the Timberwolves. So his <laughs> his three ball was falling last night. But you, so I get the I get the, I understand of like having coaches like not necessarily up their expectations. Your team's just kind of in flux right now. We saw that last season as well. But you also got another player on there. We've been talking about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. There's Ben Simmons too. You know, we talk about you're you essentially went from having. I guess a big three to a big two is Ben Simmons still within that big three. What's going on with Ben Simmons over there with Brooklyn? I think it's, I, it's hilarious that I just left that out in, in for what now for many minutes in right now. And I just was like, Oh yeah, Ben Simmons on the team. Uh, for, he just hasn't like played a ton and it's been not great. I think it's probably a good place to start. Um, he has not looked comfortable within really anything the Nets have been doing, uh, even in things that you'd expect him to kind of make an impact in, on, I guess, you know, like point of attack defense, um, rebounding. He just hasn't looked, I mean, he just hasn't made an impact really at all. So that I think is troubling. And of all the things that have gone wrong for the Nets, it's getting swept under the rug because there's Kyrie, there's the coaching change, but it has not been good so far. And I I'm worried. It it looks it's hard to tell if it's a mental thing, if it's mm-hmm. just a blockade for him that he I just is scared of getting fouled or you know um is scared of driving to the rim. But it, it's it's strange that it's affecting the things that he's normally been historically really good at in terms of his defense, in terms of you know, his rebounding. Um and that's where I start to wonder, hey, is this a physical thing? Is he a hundred percent? Is this gonna be a while until he fully gets his his whatever his athleticism back his vertical pop back um as he's coming back from back surgery so it's it's been troubling so far he has not looked good and they've been a, a definitive minus when he's on the floor even yesterday mm. against Dallas it's like they they put the perfect lineup around him hypothetically i think it was like Joe Harris Royce O'Neal um i want to say like Yuta Watanabe and maybe one other player it could have been Seth Curry and it's like this hypothetically, this is all we've ever wanted for Ben Simmons is like, let's put four shooters around him and see where it goes. And it's like, it's kind of the offense is stuck in the mud and Mm -hmm. you have Royce O'Neal being the lead creator 
and, you know, driving into the paint and making plays versus Ben Simmons. So it's like that even is like we have this idea of what Ben Simmons could be. It just hasn't really come to fruition. Okay. So do you, how, how's the team feeling about Ben Simmons? Is he getting support from the team? Like the coaching? What's the whole, because, you know, we all know how he exited Philly. You come over to Brooklyn. He's expected to make an impact. You have him, Kyrie, uh, and, and Kevin Durant. You're, you're theoretically, that's supposed to be a powerful team, a powerful big three that you got right there. So is the team, you know, bought in on him as a team feeling that he's going to pick it up at some point. What, what, what's your whole thoughts on that? I mean, I think they're saying the right things publicly. Um, we have to be patient. It's coming back from a big layoff. It's early. Um, this team, like, let's see them hit adversity. Let's see them get to the playoffs and, you know, and struggle. And if, and if he doesn't play well, then I'm like, all right, then we know what time it is because that's, yeah, I mean, first, I don't even know if they get to the playoffs with the with the squad they have right now. Again, that's that's the weirdest part about covering the Nets right now is I'm like, this team could be Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton at the Ooh. end of the year, and that would be it. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. So, you so think, I'm sorry. Finish, finish your thought, and I'll ask the question. Yeah, essentially, just it's it's really early right now, and they're going to be patient with it. But we've already had a. I think Woj uh, had a report on ESPN this week about. You know, oh, Durant and some of the other players are frustrated with Ben not being able to stay on the floor. Like, it's already sort of happening. And he was kind of the obvious, I don't want to say fall guy because he's not playing well. But in a sense, he also is the obvious fall guy uh, because there's a history of that. And this team is, you know, there's, there's always something going on. And there's not a ton of accountability all the time, I would say. Gotcha. So you're telling me right now that you're thinking the net. Because you're, you're, you're saying you wouldn't be surprised if it's Cam Thomas, uh, uh, the Cam Thomas show at some point. So you're thinking the Nets are, would be sellers and not buyers. Really? I'm, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's put it like this. So let's say Kyrie never plays again for the Nets. I think, it's an, I think that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a whole laundry list of, of things that he needs to fulfill for the team before he comes back. I, we, I mean... I, at this point, like I'm not in the business of predicting anything. I'm certainly not in the business of predicting what happens with Kyrie Irving. Like I, at this point, I don't know. Um, so if he doesn't come back, then your team is Kevin Durant. It's hopefully something from Ben Simmons. And then what else? It's like Royce O'Neal or Joe Harris is your third best player. And it's like, Katie's 34. He's playing about as good as he's played in Brooklyn. He's putting up 25 plus every single night. Um, Where's that team going? Like, and you need to have that moment of of truth with yourself as a as a franchise. And the Nets, by the way, I don't know if they're the team to do that. They, I mean, this is like a team that's consistently drunk on hope, drunk on this idea that things are going to work out. And it's like, what has that ever happened? Like, not just with this era, but historically, that just is not what happens with this team. Um, so yeah, there's like, I I don't know if they're going to get there, and. I would say from my standpoint, I'm looking at this, I'm saying, I think the window's closed. I think it's done. I don't know what you can really, what are you going to get? What guy are you going to get that's going to move the needle? Because I don't think Ben Simmons has trade value like right now. You're certainly not going to get anything for Kyrie Irving. So then it's like, what? where are we going? It's KD and role players and I don't know, he's 34. It's I don't just don't think they're going anywhere. So yeah, I think if he gets hurt or even if they just go through a little skid, 
he gets a little unhappy, especially if the Nets move on from Kyrie. I would not be shocked if we hear stuff about KD being unhappy, wanting to get traded, or if the team's just like, let's just get what we can get. Um, And whether that happens at the deadline or summer or after that, I just think we're headed there at some point. Wow. Who would have thought that we'd be talking about maybe we should go back to the days of D'Angelo Russell and Joe Harris (laughs) and not the Kyrie-Kevin Durant experience. Wow. Who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? I think probably 50% of the people that watch basketball were like, I don't know if this is going to (laughs) work. And they were right. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, let's get into this matchup, man. Let's let's break this down a little bit because, like I said, Knicks versus Nets, you, you talked about it at the top of the show where you think this is a good matchup because I guess, you know, both teams, they're both coming from different angles, right? You have a, you have a Nets mm-hmm. team that's coming from a lot of adversity right now. A lot of adversity up front, a lot of unknowns. It's Kevin Durant. You don't have Kyrie. You're waiting for Ben Simmons to get right. Uh, you're, you got an interim head coach right now. Um, there's also controversy of the potential of signing Ime Adoka that's looming over the Nets too. And the Nets are just trying to figure it out. For the Knicks, we're going to our third season. Tom Thibodeau, uh, you know, this is, he's not on the hot seat, but I know his seat's warm, right? They got to see some sort of competent, uh, competent level of play this season, plus a play in, I, I would expect for Tom Thibodeau after his first year making the four seed. Such a bad uh, season, just like such a terrible fall. And then you got Julius Randle, got. Guys who are trying to make a bounce back. We got the new signing in Jalen Brunson, Isaiah Hartenstein. Guys who mm. also got young guys like Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, questioning if they would be getting enough minutes. So far, it looks like it's going to be trending that way, based on some injuries and other things to open that up for these players. But you know, it's a lot. It's a, it, I feel like the the Knicks and the Nets both have a lot to prove this season, and this is just a good matchup to see where both teams are at. I also think it's two teams trying to get right and trying to. Gel, you know, you talk about the Nets where yep. it's Kevin Durant, a bunch of role players, you know, trying to figure it out now that you don't have Kyrie Irving. Same thing for the Knicks. They're just an up and down team. We're not a consistent team yet. I think there's been a lot of injuries with Mitchell Robinson. We don't have Quentin Grimes right now. A lot of rotation changes. So now it's not the same stability that we saw last season in the terms of the same lineups, but guys having to figure out and just reshuffling the lineups right now. And I think this is like a, a good clash for both these teams just to figure it out. So. To get into it, my two bit, my two bit. Who actually? Who are your starters right now for for the Nets? Because with Kyrie out, who who you got right now? And Ben Simmons. Well, it depends with with yeah. I mean, it depends with Ben. Um, I wonder if they bring him off the bench again. They did against Dallas um, because of a minutes restriction with a knee injury that actually is like kind of really working well for the Nets, which sounds crazy, but mm. uh, they are. By circumstance, they're not playing these Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons front courts that have gone about as well as you can imagine they've gone <laughs> with Ben not looking like himself. It's it's the spacing is horrendous. So, yeah, I, I think Simmons will come off the bench. Um, so you're looking at Edmund Sumner, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, KD, Nick Claxton, um, which has actually been as a group has been really really efficient. Um, and and uh, really any of those the four guys if you take Sumner out and you put in Cam Thomas like that group's playing really well too so in a weird way because of I mean just it's kind of I mean you mentioned with the Knicks like sometimes basketball works like that there is some addition from some subtraction so Mm -hmm. in having Simmons in a limited role and actually weirdly not having Kyrie there things have been simplified in a way where their rotations suddenly make a little more sense 
The spacing is just more balanced. And just in general, they know exactly how they're going to play. It's like we're waiting until opponents double KD, and then it's just slash, slash, slash from the second side. Uh, and and to the credit to the Nets, like they've done a pretty good job of that. Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, both done very well at that. So, um, yeah, the starting lineup is is balanced and, and really good right now. That's where you're going to see the best Nets basketball. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so for the Knicks, we've made uh, there's been a couple of changes, right? Beginning of the season, mm-hmm. it was Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, uh, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Mitch is out with a knee injury. He'll be reevaluated in seven to 10 days. That was from last week. Uh, Quentin Grimes, even though he hasn't been in the rotation at all, he made a surprise appearance against the Philadelphia 76ers and then went back out with another questionable foot injury. We still don't know what it is. According to CP, from who he's heard, it's a, it's, um, uh, I actually can't remember right now. What is it? Um, oh, come back to me. Whatever. Um, <laughs> plantar fasciitis. That's what it is. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That, there we go. Yeah. Plantar. Took me a minute to figure it out, but it's plantar. So okay, that's it hasn't been officially reported, but that's what we got right now. Um, and then with the rotation change, Fournier has been moved to the bench. So what we worked with last night against the Minnesota the Timberwolves, which is what I'm expecting for tomorrow night, we got Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Julius Randle, Jericho Sims. We had Isaiah Hartenstein in there uh, as a starter against the Boston mm. Celtics, but not not great defensively. He gives a lot of effort, but not great defensively. Jericho is almost a carbon copy of Mitchell Robinson. And so when I look yep. at that, when I hear that lineup, what you told me where it's Sumner, Harris, Quaxon, O'Neal, and Durant, 
The two matchups that really stick out to me are RJ Barrett against Joe Harris and then yeah. Cam Reddish versus Kevin Durant. So those are my two big matchups, uh, two key matchups, just because I don't think you're going to want, from a Knicks standpoint, I wouldn't want RJ on Kevin Durant. We saw that last season. It's very difficult. It's a difficult task for anybody to guard Kevin Durant. But I think athletically, yeah. lengthwise, it's more of a Cam Reddish thing. And Cam has really been showing out. He's really improved his defense. And I think because of Cam's height, his length, I think he's a better matchup to go against Kevin Durant and just to have him as a defensive specialist. And he's kind of been showing that right now. For, for RJ, putting him back at the two, it'll be difficult because you got to chase around Joe Harris, you know, because Joe Harris is a, is a good off-ball guy who can just weave in and out of screens, find open spaces. I find that to be a difficult challenge for, for RJ because Joe Harris can also cut yeah. off ball as well. So I'm going to get those matchups, but I think RJ can get the deal done. What do you think about those matchups? And then what do you think the follow-up question is, or do you think there are any other key matchups that we'd have to watch out for in this game? Yeah, I'm just really curious how you guys, because I'm assuming you're going to double KD because that just seems to be the game plan right now. And like, by the way, that's the right game plan. Like you should want to do that. That's what Dallas did down the stretch. And it largely paid off. Um, this it was weirdest game yesterday. They fouled KD <laughs> at the three point line. They tried to they tried to do the intentional foul, and that's like that that game was closer than it should have been. And I thought that Dallas outplayed them down the stretch. So I'm curious about that. I I, I guess I I am curious to see what Reddish just looks like because I haven't I don't feel like I've watched him a ton <laughs> as a Nick um, like at all. Um, so that I think will be fun for me. Um, but yeah, I think those matchups will be really interesting uh, in terms of the other side of things. I'm curious who they put on Julius. I wonder if that's the Royce O'Neal matchup. They've done KD before. That's just like a tough matchup for him physically. Um, and then I, I, I also am curious to see who they put on Brunson. Um, is that Sumner? Is that what they're going with? Like point of attack defense is not a strength for the Nets this year at all. And a lot of that comes down to Simmons not looking like himself. Mm. Uh, they've weirdly... They have this strange problem the Nets do where Royce O'Neal is like their best post defender, but he's also like hypothetically their best point of attack defender, even though he's Mm. what 30 slowed down a little bit. I don't, I never felt like point of attack defense was like a a strength for him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it is kind of, that's a tough ass. Are you going to put him on Brunson? I don't know if I love that matchup. So I think in a weird way they're the Nets are not like super well-equipped to defend the Knicks just because I, I do think the Knicks are going to be able to get paint touches on them. Um, and and then the Julius thing, if he's playing well, we've seen him before, he's able to pretty much get what he wants against the Nets. Um, so I think that'll be very interesting. I, I the, the other thing I'm watching for you guys, I guess just generally, is like the spacing in the starting lineup. Um, you know, Randall's what, shooting 30%. Um, yeah, Took a Cam massive is- jump from last night, my man. Took a massive – because he was shooting – about twenty four percent last night. After he went, yeah. he went ballistic against. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's like, are you going to get that two games in a row? I don't know. Uh, Cam is shooting what he's shooting twenty five percent from three. So it's like there's a lot of pressure, um, I guess, on on uh, Brunson and you know even RJ shooting like thirty four percent. So the floor spacing will be interesting, and I'm I'm curious to see if the Nets are going to really pack the paint in there. I mean, the part of it is just they have a new coach, so I'm I'm learning right now how the Nets are going to play, uh, because we're, what, three games into it. So this will be a different test for the Nets, um, very different from their last opponent, 
uh, which is just we're running a ton of pick and roll and we're going to space the floor around Luca. This is a this is a very different test for them. Yeah. So for for the Knicks, we're one of the top three teams that loves to attack the paint. So you talk about perimeter defense. Um, that's like the Knicks' bread and butter. Between RJ Brunson, Randall, it's a lot of driving downhill. Knicks are actually third in the league with the amount of t- drive attempts per game. So that's what they love to do. They like to attack. Uh, as of right now, the Knicks like to attack uh, in transition. They like in their sets, it's usually someone trying to get downhill to open up shooting for someone on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Jalen Brunson, he can create his own shot. Uh, Randall, he is a good isolation scorer once he's put placed on the block and given his chance to operate. And RJ is a guy who likes to get downhill. Um, and he's been a little bit more methodical recently in, in trying to get to his spots. But you talk about three-point shooting for for the Knicks. I mean, look, you have, as of right now, uh, the last three games that we've watched the Knicks play, Randall's been shooting 48%, RJ shooting 40%, Toppin shooting 36%. Those are, as of right now, our current best three-point shooters uh, just with volume um, the last three games. Now I'd say Obi's probably our best three-point shooter right now on season, uh, mm. but he's coming off the bench. Uh, although we have seen some some small ball lineup finally. We have seen the, the Obi-Randall pairing since playing against the Philadelphia 76ers Friday night, and it looks like it's going to continue, uh, unfortunately, due to Mitchell Robinson injury. But that has been working to some degree. So for the Knicks, it's are they going to be able to keep up their three-point shooting? They're not necessarily known as a good three-point shooting team, but they do like to get downhill. And conversely, on the defensive end, Knicks, you know, because of Evan Forty in the starting lineup, we're not a good perimeter defense. Now it's, in my opinion, taking a step up. So I'm curious to see how this trend goes. Uh, with the lineup that I told you about with you having Brunson, Barrett, Reddish, Randall, and now Sims, I think the perimeter defense will be, it's definitely better than what we saw with Fournier out there next to Brunson just because Fournier is a turnstile on defense. But I think it will be a little bit stronger if it's for, I don't know, like, are the, would you consider the Nets like a really good three-point shooting team now without Kyrie Irving? Like, how, what do you think about that? I mean, I think they shot what, third... Uh... They shot like 34%, I think, last game. I'm going to look this up right now. I should have had this prep. But uh, no, I yeah, yes and no. Like part of it is Joe Harris is not having a good three-point shooting season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's around 30%, which is like crazy low for him. He's kind of working his way. Yeah. Well, he, he's coming off this ankle right, surgery. Right, right. And it's just like you watch him shoot. Uh, and it's weird because he's like doing other things better than he had in the last season. Just getting into the paint more. His finishing has been really good the last two games I'd say um at the rim which was not a huge strength it hasn't been a strength of his since the 2019-2020 season um but the three-point shooting is not there he's short a lot on his jumpers Seth Curry another guy I mean Seth like looks unplayable right now and that's just another guy working his way back Patty Mills is at this point a 13th man you know like those and that's your that's your floor spacing right now so it's weird they are very dependent on if Royce O'Neal is having a good game is he making threes what type of threes is he getting is he getting open corner threes like he did against Dallas or is this a situation where the Nets are unable to generate anything and he's taking you know sidestep threes which are not good looks for him he's much better as a stationary guy um so yeah I I they could be a really good three-point shooting team, but I, I haven't really seen it yet. 
Um, and a lot of it's just based on a couple of guys being hot. I guess kind of similar to how the Knicks are at the moment. It sounds like a great matchup, man. This sounds like a great matchup so far just to see if teams are if both these teams are gonna get it right and get and try what they're trying to figure out in this matchup. The next the last thing I gotta touch on, man, is our second unit. You know, Nick's second unit is one of the is, has is one of the better lineups in the league. Uh, last last two seasons, they were one of the more efficient and potent offenses out there. And we're talking about Derrick Rose, Emmanuel quickly. Now Evan Fournier, who, who's in there. And he's taking some time. You know, it's game. This will be his third game coming off the bench. So getting used to playing, you know, not with the starters and trying to, I would say, somewhat expand his role. Because when he was with the starters, he was really just a, a, a three and D specials, but obviously not a lot of defense, a lot of three. So, <laughs> and, and, his, that. <laughs> and, and his, and his game, and his game is, is predicated mostly on being a shooter and somewhat of a playmaker like he did in Orlando. So I think he's going to get some playmaking opportunities. We saw that against the Timberwolves where he got some nice assists. Uh, he's a better team defender. He got two steals yesterday too. Um, didn't shoot really well, but that's who he is. He's just an inconsistent shooter when he's hot, he's hot when he's cold. Scorer than Antarctica, man. That's just how he is. And then you got Obi Toppin, who I told you about, who's our best three-point shooter, one of our best off-ball off guys as well. <clears throat> and you got Isaiah Hartenstein, who's been a nice change of pace instead of having redundant centers who are both rim protectors. Having a guy who can give you some offense and just hustles on defense uh, it, it, it is great. Um, so what do you think about our second units? Because that's who the Knicks are. That's what the Knicks have. We're known. It's that's been for the last two seasons prior to, and, and starting to get into a rhythm right now. That's who the Knicks have had to rely on to, to get them substantial leads or even a lead in games. What does it look like for the Nets? Cam Thomas. That's Can't. it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, yeah. I wish I was kidding. Like, all right, so the Nets yesterday, right, they played the Mavericks. Um, they got... <laughs> You got 19 points out of Cam Thomas, who's playing well, by the way, showing a little bit of growth um, in terms of his ability to make plays for others, can still score from two, two and a half levels. I don't, I'm the three point shots a little hot and cold, but um, so he's been playing well. They, outside of that, they got three points from Yuta Watanabe, who sprained his ankle and will not be playing. They got one point from Seth Curry, who, yes, that's, it's, it's been a slow progression back. And they got two points from Ben Simmons. So we're talking about five points outside of Cam Thomas off their bench. All right. And three of them are not playing because Yuta Watanabe is hurt. So it's been a little bit of a struggle. Uh, and outside of that, you've got David Duke Jr., who is second-year player, undrafted. I don't know. I mean, a good David Duke Jr. game is like 12 points, but it really depends. Patty Mills, zero points. And that's kind of what their bench is. So the Nets, as much as their starting lineup has fallen into place because of, you know, players getting injured, Kyrie not playing there weirdly, I think has helped a little bit just in terms of them having an identity. Simmons working his way back from a knee injury. It also means their depth is just horrendous. Like it's, it's not good. So I, I, yeah, that's where you guys are going to, that's where you guys are going to stretch this. And I think, Really, the Nets need to have the type of performance that they had against Dallas with their starters because we know it's like Cam and nothing else off the bench right now. All right. So, should be on paper, it sounds good for the Knicks second unit. But, you know, 
got to see it actually all play out. Nothing's never, yeah. nothing's ever guaranteed, especially in the NBA. No, and Cam had a, a big performance against the Knicks what, last year. So uh, who knows? I, I, I enjoy watching him, man. Like he, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and he's like the only young player the Nets have. So <laughs> that's probably it too. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Before we get you out of here, uh, what's, your, what's your final score prediction for this game? Oh, man. Uh, I think, man, I, I wish I'd looked. I, I, I think this is going to be kind of like in the just over 100. We're talking like 104 to 100. I, man, I actually think, I kind of think the Nets are going to win. And I don't, I, I just think Durant's playing out of his mind. Like this is, we're in like a nice stretch for the Nets right now where Durant's pretty fresh coming into the year. Um, this is where they're going to pick up a lot of wins, very similar to last year where it was just Durant out there and they picked up wins. And then eventually the regression set in, the, the I guess the toll of the season hit and that kind of like excited energy of, you know, hey, we're this team, we're trying to find this identity, wears off. But we're still in like the weird, I don't want to call it a honeymoon phase because I don't really know what it's called, but they're just in this like weird excited energy phase where they're going to pick up wins uh, by teams overlooking them and saying, Oh, it's just Durant. We just need to throw two at him and we're going to be fine. Uh, but yeah, I think we're in a good phase right now. So I, I do think the Nets are going to win, but like, I, I think this is going to be a really good game. It'll be very close. Yeah, I agree with that. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be close. I'm with you. That's barely eclipsing the hundred point. I'm going to go with one Oh six, one Oh two Knicks in this okay. one. I think the Knicks, the Knicks big three have been putting up plus 20 points. All, all three of them in the last two games. Um, I think they're starting to get into a groove and, and, and find their find their streak. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bank in on that for all three of them having another 20, 20 point performance. All three of them, and the Knicks are gonna get out of here with a, a one hundred six one hundred two victory over the Brooklyn Nets. And come on, man, we've seen the last couple of games. We just know that it's always been heartbreakers for the Knicks. I feel like especially especially for Julius Randle. I feel like this is this is time for Julius. Yeah. Randall to be like, all right, man, I got to get one. I got to get one right now. The Nick, the Nets are just like in disarray. This is this is prime opportunity. That's how I'm feeling. But Matt, thank you again for coming on and and, and breaking down this game with me. Please let uh, the listeners know where they can find you, man. Yeah, just follow me on Twitter, uh, Matt Brooks NBA. Everything's there. I do a lot of video work um, and amongst other things, regular reporting duties, I guess. Not actually a lot of a lot of non-video work this year because of the season that we've had. But yeah, uh, it's all there. Podcasts, uh, articles, anything else I do. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Once again, thank you to helping to break down. And to Knicks Nation, thank you again for tuning in. As always, please make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share this these videos. Make sure to share with everyone who you know so that we can get some more eyes on it, all right? We got to keep growing that channel. We're close to 60K. All right. Make sure to help your boys get to that, get to that goal. And also, if you can't catch these videos live, you can also find them on all audio listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, you name it. We're all over the place. So thank you everyone for tuning in for another game of the week. We out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.